It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, it's amazing to me. You have Peter Doozy, who's a straight-up journalist. He's a good young man. And, of course, uh, the Biden administration is trying to degrade him. But they can't degrade him. And just in a very snarky way, trying to smear the guy. I hope he just keeps plowing ahead, the deuce, I call him. Because he is very courageous in there. And today he talks about the analysis that was done by Fox. This is why they hate Fox, of course, because they actually dig in on try and get some of the news out. And the analysis by Fox, the Freedom of Information Act, several of them requests, found that in 2021 alone, 2021 alone, 23 would-be terrorists were caught coming across the border illegally. Known or suspected terrorists. Bill Mulligan, who's been covering this, really the only journalist who's down there day in and day out. Here's what he reported. I'm laying the foundation for this because it's important. Cut 12, go. I've obtained a CBP record through a Freedom of Information Act request, which reveals that last year there were 23 known or suspected terrorists who were encountered here at our southern border. Take a look at this graphic right here, and we'll dive into the numbers for you. What you're looking at are hits on the TSDB. That is the Terrorist Screening Database, which is maintained by the FBI. You can see the breakdown sector by sector. There were four hits in San Diego sector, four in El Centro, two in Yuma, two in Tucson, three in El Paso, four in Del Rio and four in the Rio Grande Valley sector. Again, this was for 2021. And keep in mind, these are only the ones that they caught, only the ones they know about. Why is that a concern? Take a look at this file video right here and we'll explain it to you. As you look at runners here, CBP sources are telling Fox News that in the last six months alone, there have been more than 300,000 known gotaways here at our southern border. Masses of people are making it into the country without ever being apprehended by Border Patrol. Mm hmm. Um, Pasaki was asked about this, and she basically mocked it. She downplayed it. She said, 23 over a year, that's zero, zero point whatever percent. And I got to thinking about this. 23 suspected or would-be terrorists that we know of. She says, that demonstrates the Border Patrol is doing its job. No, that demonstrates... That despite the Border Patrol men and women, these, these people who are trying to protect this country, have their hands tied behind their back, they were able to catch 23. How many more got through of the unknown illegal aliens? Hundreds of thousands. How many of those hundreds of thousands? There have to be some of whom are terrorists, right? 23, she placed on the number, 23 in a year, big deal. How many terrorists hit us on 9-11? 19. 19 terrorists hit us on 9-11. It took 19. That's it. I am sick and tired of the way this administration looks at human life. Whether it's the murder rate. Whether it's what's going on in the border. 
whether it's their radical position on abortion, the most radical position on the face of the earth, other than maybe communist China, the way they look at the lives of other people overseas, including the men and women in Afghanistan who assisted us, and including our 9,000 fellow citizens who are still over there that they've never had to account for and they still don't account for? The left doesn't care about human life, whether it's in the womb, whether it's outside the womb. They pretend to care about human life. They want to control human life. You don't believe in human life if you want to destroy our health care system by centralizing it under the equivalent of the DMV in Washington, D.C. You don't care about human life if you don't care about who's coming over the border and the drugs and MS-13 and the cartels and all the rest. Human life? You don't care about human life if science, science tells you that that baby in the womb is a baby in the womb. And they're even pushing abortion in the last seconds right before birth. They say they care about human life? Really? Where? How? When? Only 23 got through, and that demonstrates the Border Patrol is doing its job. It's not about the Border Patrol doing its job. It's about your policies. And how 23 got caught, meaning many more did not. And 23 is a big number. They're terrorists. They're not a standing army. They secrete themselves within the population. Maybe there could be one. Who knows? By the time you're done arming the Iranians with nuclear warheads, maybe all they'll need is one. There's 300,000 known gotaways. There's 400,000 unknown gotaways in the same year. Who are they? We don't know. Any terrorists? How do we know? MS-13? I don't know. Sex traffickers? Beats me. We don't know anything. Except they're now among us by the tens of thousands. They're among us by the tens of thousands. And so Peter Ducey is very serious about this. The information comes to Fox because they bothered to inquire through the Formal Freedom of Information Act. And this is what happens. Cut 13, go. We have new reporting that at least 23 people apprehended at the southern border in 2021 are on the terror watch list. Why do you guys think it is that somebody on a terror watch list would want to get into the United States undetected? Well, I can't make an assessment of that. But what I can tell you is that... Yeah, I can make an assessment of that, moron. They're called terrorists for a reason. Maybe they want to commit active terrorism. What do you think, Mr. Producer? No, no, we need an assessment. Go ahead. You're citing here. It means the Border Patrol was doing their job. I mean, so, they, so they apprehended people at the border. We know the Border Patrol was doing their job and is doing their job, despite what you're doing to the Border Patrol. But we're not talking about the Border Patrol doing its job, as we said, as I said. We're talking about you making it impossible for the Border Patrol to catch hundreds of thousands of people. Go ahead. 
illegal immigrants a day got away last month. Are you saying that you can say with certainty none of them are on a terror watch list? Here's what we're talking about. Encounters we know and of a suspected terrorist attempting to cross the southern border, they're very uncommon. Uh, we're talking about a few dozen annual encounters at most. Oh, we're only talking about a few dozen annual encounters, like, you know, 9-11, just a, really less than two dozen annual encounters. In fact, no encounter there. They just kind of sneaked in and snuck through and overstayed visas, did all kinds of stuff. Uh, some of them even had legitimate visas. We just didn't get around to vetting them, you know, whatever, whatever. Go ahead. And these encounters represent significantly less than the 0.01% of total encounters per See fiscal what I mean? year. 0.01%. It's just a tiny percent. Just small number. 19 people struck us on 9-11. Well, they didn't all succeed. Obviously, the plane was taken down in central Pennsylvania. But we'll give it 19. 19. And she's dismissing 23. It's a big deal. That we know of. That we know of. And those 19 got through, ladies and gentlemen, despite the fact that we were trying to secure the border. And we weren't defunding the border and ICE through the back door. Now, you and I learn from history. You and I learn from experience. But apparently, the radical left does not. Apparently, the Democrat Party does not. The border is wide open. This should cause everybody some concern, don't you think? Oh, and by the way, as you probably heard by now, those two men on horseback who were whipping, whipping Haitians trying to get into the country were never whipping Haitians trying to get into the country. Despite the fact that Joe Biden tried to exploit the situation for race-baiting purposes. Despite the fact that virtually every so-called news platform in the country tried to do the same thing. And their Sunday shows tried to do the same thing. And their morning shows tried to do the same thing. And the race-baiters who are well-known throughout our media, throughout our culture... We're all over it. The problem is they didn't whip anybody. Move on. Move along. Nothing to see here. Next story. 23 terrorists got through the window. Oh, move along. Come on now. We're very busy here. Got a lot of things to do. We got little kids to brainwash about transgenderism and critical race theory. Come on. Come on. We got we to gotta choke off all oil and, and gasoline lines. We got to shut down all coal. We're very busy here trying to uh, fix this, this horrific white-dominant society. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. I want to continue with a point, and we'll move along. Move along, just move on, you know. What would you do? Would you vote if you... Whatever state you're in, would you vote for somebody or vote for a presidential candidate who just washes his hands and says, I don't really care what happens in Ukraine one way or another. I'm just worried about what happens here. Do things that happen in other countries not affect us? So terrorism spreads all through the Middle East. We're hit on 9-11. Can't hit us, right? Germany goes to war. Japan goes to war. Italy goes to war. The Axis. That can't affect us. I'm American first. I'm a nationalist. Were attacked at Pearl Harbor. Of course these things affect us. This isn't some little group versus group thing in some far off place. These are real countries. Now, where prudence kicks in, and I talk about this a lot in Life, Liberty, excuse me, in uh, Liberty and Tyranny, You have to be prudential about what you do. You know, John McCain, maximum interventionist all the time, ground troops all the time. Now, that's not sensible. It's crazy. On the other hand, look, I'm worried about our border, not their border. Uh, Excuse me, we need to worry about both borders. This isn't Americanism or conservatism. Makes no sense. It's irrational. And yet there is a candidate running who said exactly this. And he's backed by the quote-unquote nationalists who will tell you they're also populists, except when you disagree with them, then they're more nationalists. And it's one of the reasons I could not support him, even though others might, and that's this J.D. Vance. What do we really know about this guy? He's had a very recent conversion since he wanted to be the Republican nominee for the Senate. Well, that's not good enough for me. Now, I'm not voting in Ohio. But I'm just telling you how I think. Why? Because people keep asking me, so I'm telling you. But he's changed. How? When? Where? You didn't vote for Trump in 2016. You changed that fast? That's amazing. It's amazing. And not only that, the things he said about Trump. Nobody's had a conversion and everybody's convinced. Well, everybody's not. That's a tight race in the Republican primary in Ohio. But here it is. Here's what he said on Bannon's show. 
podcast, I guess. Cut six, go. At the end of the day, we serve to defend our own country. And I think it's ridiculous that we're focused on this border in Ukraine. Uh, I don't, I got to be honest with you, I don't really care what happens to Ukraine one way or another. I do care about the fact that in my community right now, the leading cause of death among 18 to 45 year olds is Mexican fentanyl that's coming across the southern border. I'm sick of Joe Biden focusing on the border of a country I don't care about while he lets the border of his own country become a total war zone. Okay, is that the choice? You either support securing our border or you support securing the border with Ukraine and Russia? Is that it? Now, isn't that one of the dumbest things you've ever heard? I've talked about this before. Can you imagine a president who cares about securing our southern border and would be supporting Ukraine? I can imagine one. I can imagine many. I can imagine Reagan. I can imagine Trump because that's what he did. You can't have this kind of bifurcated thinking process. Does he care what China takes out of this or what Iran takes out of this? Plus, I have to ask you folks an honest question. Putting all the ideology aside, when you see these people being slaughtered, does it bother you? When you celebrated Easter, Christians, Jews, you celebrated Passover, what do you celebrate? You're people of faith. What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't care what happens to the people in Ukraine. People of Ukraine. Tens of thousands of them have been murdered in cold blood. You really don't care what's happening to them? Well, the people in this audience, I would dare say the vast majority do, just like the vast majority of Americans do, and the vast majority of Republicans do. And we do feel that it affects our national security. And we are concerned that this war not get pushed beyond the borders of Ukraine. And let me tell you something. If Russia had rolled through Ukraine, they'd be up in Poland's face in two seconds. They'd be up in Czechoslovakia's, excuse me, the face of the Czechs in two seconds. You know who knows that? They know it, which is why they're trying to muscle up their military as fast as they can, despite their relatively meager industrial societies. They got it. The way you you stop more slaughter and mayhem and protect America is to keep the battle right there. Right there. That's American first. I'll be honest with you. I don't really care what happens to Ukraine one way or the other. Uh, Mark, what else did he say? That's why I played all 25, 30 seconds of the clip. I read some, some jerk on National Review. I think he's one of the senior writer, editor, scholars there. He's in the minority, but he was defending this. You have, to, you have to read the whole thing. Okay, I just played the whole thing. And of course, what's being done on our southern border is a sin. It's outrageous. In fact, it's an impeachable offense. 
Why aren't more people talking about it as an impeachable offense? I've done it here. I've done it on Levin TV. I've done it on Life, Liberty, and Levin. These are impeachable offenses every time Biden violates our immigration laws and refuses to enforce them. That's his job. It's the take care clause under Article 2 of the Constitution, Clause 5, whether he likes it or not. So it's not we either enforce this Constitution on that or we help the Ukrainians. Is that how it works? Does this guy really think you're that stupid? That you don't get it? So this is my problem. But Mark, would you vote for him in the general? Yes. But you just put him down. I'm not putting him down. I'm giving you my opinion. Really, it's not personal with me. I barely know the man. I met him at CPAC. It's a lot of people I don't know that I disagree with. A lot of people I don't know that I agree with. That said, well, why would you vote for him? Because he's not a Marxist. That's why I'd vote for him. That's why I'd vote for him. But not in the Republican primary. No matter who endorses him. Including our beloved POTUS, President Trump. And I mean that sincerely. Sincerely. My family adores that man. And his whole family. His wife, Melania, is fantastic. The kids, just great. So it has nothing to do with that. I don't care what the lib media say. Oh, look at this. Oh, he disagrees. And by the way, we do this all the time. On quote-unquote our side. It's the other side. Where you're not really allowed to step out of line, you know. Or they want to destroy you. It's the other side. I also know there's a big difference between Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. Donald Trump has his country's best interests as number one. Mitch McConnell has his own interests as retaining power within the Republican Senate caucus as his number one interest. Hey, Mitch, what are you going to do if you take over? He has no idea. He doesn't care. He just wants to be in the majority. So, And then this last shoe drops where he backs Lisa Murkowski. With ten, he's going to back her with millions of dollars. Why? Because she'll vote for him to be the leader. Even though she supports the same union that supports transgenderism, critical race theory, and anti-capitalism being brainwashed into the little heads of your little babies in public schools. Mitch supports her. Even though she's voted for Judge Jackson to be on the Supreme Court, the most radical individual to ever be nominated, who refused to define a woman because she wants to be free to rule against women. That's Lisa Murkowski. McConnell will throw millions to help her. Not one penny to help Mike Lee in the state of Utah. Not a penny. Or if there is a penny, it'll be a much smaller amount that he eventually coughs up. Mark Levin. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. My wife, my mother-in-law and I took a flight across the country. I'm broadcasting from Colorado Springs, Colorado, the home of NORAD, the home of the Air Force Academy, the home of F-16 jets everywhere. I love this place. So here we are. We're on United Airlines. First, we go to Reagan Washington National Airport. It's very busy there. About half the people wearing masks, most of whom work for the government or the TSA, and the other half, no. Of course, I was not, neither was my wife or my mother-in-law. We got on the airplane, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody was wearing a mask. Nobody. Not the crew. Not the passengers regardless of age, regardless of what class you were sitting in. Nobody was wearing a mask. People were happy. They weren't at each other's throats. The flight attendants didn't have to go up and down the aisle saying, okay, please, you've got to put that mask over your nose. Okay, you're not eating now. Put the mask on. They are the most relieved, no question about it. No mask. And yet I have a list of audio here from Giuseppe Robinette Biden Jr., Lunch Bucket Joe, from Jen Pasaki, from somebody named Andy Slavitt. Oh, you got to hear some of this stuff because there's a point I want to make. Florida that the mass mandate by the CDC is unconstitutional. It's illegal because they have no statutory authority. And besides, they don't have any science that supports it. Finally, a decision. Now, it's two years too late, but that's not the judge's fault. The judge gets the case when the judge gets the case. Now, keep something in mind. The CDC seems to think you need to wear the mask just two more weeks. That'll solve the problem. Two more weeks. How many people have been thrown on an airplane, off an airplane because their kid that's two years old and six months won't put a mask on and won't keep it on? How horrendous has that been? This has never been about masks. It's never been about science. It's been about tyranny. Those of us who have independent and objective minds, IQs, over 90 who are knowledgeable who think for ourselves we've known this we've known this from the first day that 
Anthony Fauci, the Fauci, came out and said, you don't need masks. So you do need masks. You need double masks. You might want to try galoshes and a raincoat. To maybe you don't need it this week. Maybe next week you need it. Everybody knows this is BS. Plus, it also undermines the entire purpose of a vaccine. When you got the flu vaccine, many of you, did they tell you to run around and wear a mask? If the mask is going to stop a virus, wouldn't the mask also stop the flu virus? In fact, every time we have a flu or something of that sort, even a cold, if they're right about the functioning science of a mask, wouldn't you be wearing a mask? Should you wear a mask? Should you wear a mask? Should you wear a mask indoors, outdoors? Uh, what if it's a group of 12 and a group of 14? Six feet apart. What if I'm five feet apart or eight feet apart? What's the difference? Oh, yes. When you cough, cough into your elbow, the interior. Don't cough on your hands. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't. They loved it. People were arrested. People lost their jobs. If they wouldn't wear a mask, thrown off planes, have an arrest record. Excuse me, I've been vaccinated. I don't need to wear a mask. I'm sorry. The science says you must wear a mask. Excuse me, I've had the virus, natural immunity. I don't need a mask. Excuse me. You must wear a mask. Hey, my kids, two years old and three months, these little kids, they don't, they don't spread it. They don't get it. Excuse me. Your child must wear a mask. And they must wear it seven to eight hours a day in elementary school and middle school and high school. And you shall do what we say. Or we're going to set loose the local health authorities against you and your kids and take your kid away from you. And vaccines. I was vaccinated twice. And then I got the virus. Two vaccinations and natural immunity. What's the point? Well, we saved all these lives. You don't know if you saved a single life. At the same time, Fauci and Biden and the other heretics, they're out there saying don't use monoclonal antibodies, which I used because I happen to be the greatest governor, let's be honest. And he had 24 centers set up privately where if you got this virus, you could immediately go in within 24, 48 hours and get the shot. Didn't matter what state you were from. Didn't matter what country you were from. And it worked. Worked for me within 24 hours. Worked for my entire family. Do you have any proof? Yes. Me, myself, and I. It's better than guinea pigs. Better than bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., whose names I don't know. It worked. And so Biden basically criminalized it and denied people access. It's like you're getting heroin or some of the fentanyl pouring over the border thanks to Biden and his communist Chinese friends. Yes. Uh, can I get some of that monoclonal antibody? What's your name? Do I have to give you my name? Yes. We got to put it in our database for the CDC. 
We need to know who you are because it's the monoclonal antibody. Yes, but it works. No. Follow the science. Follow the science. And so today, the judge is under attack. Because the truth is, as I've told you again and again and again and again, the American Marxists don't believe in judicial decisions unless they agree with them. They don't believe in historic firsts of black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, gay people, unless they share their politics. It's that simple. Then it's historic. Otherwise, you're a reprobate. And what you support is controversial. The science. Follow the science. Well, the masks don't work. Follow this. By the way, you want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. You want to run around wearing a Hillary Clinton mask? Who am I to tell you don't wear a mask? You want to wear a burqa? Cover your whole body? Head to toe? Maybe that's advanced. Maybe the throwback to the ninth century is actually the future. Go ahead. Wear it. What do I care? You want to walk around with a bag over your head? Some people, I do recommend that. Why do I care? Just leave me the hell alone. Leave me alone. The most informed among us know this has nothing to do with science. They destroyed our economy. They have seized certain of our liberties. They've created a precedent for shutting down religious institutions, for cherry-picking which businesses stay open, like Amazon and Walmart, and which close, ma and pa stores. That state-owned alcohol Beverage stores stay open while gun shops close. They've created the precedent. And then you have people who vote for people who do this. There he is. He's up for a recall. The governor of California, the worst of the worst. And they vote him back in. That's why you and I don't believe in populism and democracy. We believe in republicanism and constitutional conservatism which protects unalienable rights, no matter how many stupid people vote the wrong way. It was a pleasant plane ride. Not a single argument that I could tell. You actually saw other people's faces. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I have a doctor, this is the truth, who I've had for two years who was always compelled to wear a mask. So I went in to see the doctor one-on-one because I needed something done rather quickly. No, not that. But any... You don't need to wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. I've had the damn virus. I've had the virus. I had shots. I mean, what are we doing here? He did too, so he took it off. I, I never saw his whole face before, Mr. Producer. I wouldn't have recognized him if he had been sitting next to me on the airplane today. Unless he removed that mask, which he did. It's time to get back to normalcy. Normalcy. We're not following the science. We're following the quacks who have an enormous amount of power. It's like the HOA people. You ever deal with people serving the HOA? You say, oh my God, they'd be good stormtroopers. Not all of you. Most of you. But that would be like HOA writ large. That's what the CDC's become. That's what Fauci is. He's the chairman of the national HOA. The chairman. And so they're running around. They're very upset with the judge. This isn't about the law. It's about the science, ladies and gentlemen.
really. Except when they go to the Supreme Court and they demand abortion on demand right up to birth, in some cases right after birth. That's not a human being. That's not a baby. That's a choice. But the science says it's a human being. Screw you. It's a choice. Their biggest issue on the radical Marxist left is abortion, which defies every rational interpretation of science. Every single one. Doesn't matter. It's the law. But when it comes to masks, follow the science. Okay, I am. I'm not wearing a mask. And I don't intend to. So here's Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki today, cut three on Air Force One Go. Uh, as we've said, agencies are reviewing step, next steps, including the Department of Justice. Uh, traditionally, following court decision, that can take a couple of days. Uh, we have said from the start that our code response should be guided by the science and data and by experts. Uh, and just as a reminder, when we had made this announcement, the CDC said it needed 15 days to assess the impacts of an uptick in cases on hospitalizations, deaths, and hospital capacity. And what is that uptick exactly? There's almost no uptick whatsoever. Almost none whatsoever. Go ahead. Still feel that is entirely reasonable based on the latest science uh, and public health uh, decisions. Yeah, I want somebody to show me the science. A challenge out there to all the Marxists, all the so-called scientific experts and doctors. Call up. Where this mask is backed by actual tested science to prevent or reduce the likelihood of getting this virus. We'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. I spent part of yesterday looking for it. Where is it? It's not on the CDC website. It doesn't exist. Mark Levin. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. We need our liberty back. This is no small matter. We need our liberty back. If it were a small matter, the Department of Justice wouldn't be appealing this decision. They're not appealing it for health reasons. This is about raw power. It's enough already, folks. This government, this regime, this administration has destroyed our economic system. Look at this inflation. We're about to head into stagflation and a recession that could lead to a depression, depending on who's elected to what. That could go on for years and years. That's what happened. Hoover was a disaster, but it was a terrible recession. And Roosevelt extended it for years. And our government... Our country's never been the same in terms of your individual liberty. And that's the plan. He says he can't do anything about inflation. 
So remove their asses and get people in there who are prepared to do exactly what's needed. Everybody knows what's needed. Unfortunately, now we have to drive up interest rates and insist that the Fed do it. If they won't do it, put people on there who have to. Hit the the brakes on spending and borrowing. Oh, and by the way, did you see this piece in Just the News, a great website? Queen of earmarks, Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski catches in big on Democrats' $1.5 trillion spending law. She ranked fourth in earmarks. Fourth in the amount of money spent on earmarks, even though she represents the 48th most populous state. Including $10 million to do a, demolish a hotel. She's one of them. Don't you see, Alaska? She's one of them. And then Mitch McConnell's prepared to spend $10 million or more to get her reelected. Mitch McConnell doesn't believe in balancing the budget. Mitch McConnell is part of the problem. He's been part of the problem. He's a dinosaur for decades. He doesn't support getting inflation under control. He's one of the 19 ridiculous Republicans who voted for the infrastructure plan. Where only 9% of it went to infrastructure. But it was only a little over a trillion dollars. A trillion on top of the COVID. Two and a half trillion where most of that didn't go to COVID. Most of it lined the pockets of big city mayors, Democrat governors, the teachers unions and so forth. McConnell was all in as he's all in for Mikowski. Mikowski needs to go. We need serious statesmen. That's what we need now. We're up against it. 48th most populous state. She's number four in earmarks, the amount of money. It's disgusting. I'm looking at this. Among the earmarks, $10 million for the city of Fairbanks to tear down the abandoned Polaris Hotel that was built in 1951. Why should the nation pay for that? $1.1 million to study marine animal health and changing oceans in Seward. Half a million to create a trail of totem poles and storyboards representing different parts of the uh, Juneau waterfront. She says, through this omnibus bill, I've used my leadership role in the Interior Environmental Appropriations Subcommittee to address many of Alaska's needs while holding off riders that would have harmed our state's resource industry. She has undermined the Republican base. She undermines Alaska. Her activities helped elect Joe Biden as president, who shut down Anwar drilling. She's a fraud and a fake and a phony. That's what she is. And, of course, so is McConnell, which is why he backs her. The queen of earmarks. Not in the best interest of Alaska. The vast majority of you, none of these earmarks help you. It's just more taxes for you. None of these earmarks help you. But this is something I wanted to talk about that's gotten under the radar. The same administration. The same administration that is throwing everything it has at Americans who protested the January 6th event. The same administration 
The same administration that's throwing everything it has at parents who dare to challenge school boards that are promoting sexuality for five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, because God knows we don't have enough of that in our society, for promoting racist, critical race theory in our classrooms at the youngest levels. Louis Farrakhan dressed up as education that are attacking capitalism and promoting climate change. A degrowth movement born of Marxists in Europe in the 1970s. That administration. Listen to this. NBC News. You're not going to believe it. Biden administration to announce self-imposed ban on anti-satellite weapons tests. Hello? President Trump, having enormous foresight, created the, what's it called, the Space Service. Right? Now, why did he do that? Why did he create the Space Force? Because space is being weaponized by the Chinese, and it's being weaponized by the Russians. They're way ahead of us. Obama didn't want to deal with it, as in many other things. He was too busy destroying the environment in in Hawaii, building a... uh, a wall there so the, so the ocean wouldn't affect his property, upsetting his neighbors. Too busy building his library, such as it is, uh, in Chicago, destroying a, a, a city park there. Too busy, busy uh, buying a, uh, a mansion outside of, uh, actually on Martha's Vineyard, because he obviously believes in, uh, in the diversity of the island there, which is what, 90 or 112% white, I don't know, whatever. Very wealthy, too, may I add? It's okay, but, you know, he campaigns against this stuff. Very white-dominated society there. And, of course, he has a seven, eight, nine, ten million million, $10 million property in Washington, D.C., with a big fence around it. Ah, the Obamas. Too much to defend this country, though. Vice President Harris is expected to announce the ban. It is partly intended to highlight a recent Russian test that created a dangerous field of space junk. So here's Russia again. A test in space. It created a dangerous field of space junk, they allege. So our response, Mr. Producer, is to unilaterally disarm. They have killer satellites up there. The Chinese do. The Russians do. We do not. So Trump says, well, we need to catch up. Biden says, did Trump do this? Yes. Okay. Can I have a vanilla ice cream? Uh, Mr. Pre- Stay focused. Okay. Trump did it? Yes. Okay. I'm going to reverse. And that's his people, too. They're radical kooks. They hate the country. They hate the economy. They hate the American people. Let me read it again. Biden administration to announce self-imposed ban on anti-satellite weapon tests. Because Russia is creating too much debris in space. So we have to cut back. That's like China creating all this carbon dioxide. Ooh. So what do we do? Destroy our economic system. But we're not doing it. It's China. Hey! We're all global citizens, you know. On November 15, 2021, an interceptor missile launched in northern Russia struck a Soviet-era Cosmos 1408 satellite, generating a massive debris field in low Earth orbit of more than 1,500 pieces of trackable debris, U.S. Space Command said. Such tests undermine the long-term stability of space and imperil space exploration, the administration told Congress. Therefore, the rational, right, conclusion 
if you're president of the United States of America, you know what? We're not having any killer satellites up there to confront the killer satellites that the Russians and the Chinese put up there. Now, what can the Russian and Chinese killer satellites do? Knock out our entire GPS systems, which knocks out the technological advantage of our military. So Obama wouldn't do anything about it. And now Biden's answer is, Trump started to do something about it, now I'm pulling back. Can you imagine? Oh, and by the way, for millennials out there, it could knock out your iPhones. Oh, my God. No, say it's not true. It's true. The damage, this has been, I'm, I'm surprised. Oh, so I guess he's blaming it on Putin. Putin made me do this. Putin. Putin made me do Joe Biden is the biggest sap and lapdog for our enemies we've ever had. Ever. Ever. He's the biggest lapdog ever. But Mark, he's had these sanctions on the Russians. Excuse me. The Ukrainians have had to beg, borrow, and steal to get the weapons they need. The United States is always number 212 in line. They assist. Always late while people are being slaughtered. And even before that, you don't buckle into Putin with the pipeline and all the rest of it. You don't buckle into your Chinese masters. You don't arm the Iranians with nuclear warheads effectively and hundreds of billions of dollars. Kind of a nut is this? You don't have the borders wide open where 110,000 young people die from fentanyl being shoved into this country by the wheelbarrow, by the drug cartels in Mexico who now have, you know what? Whoever follows Biden is going to have to clean all this up. It's a full-time job. The drug cartels now have people stationed in the United States. The sex traffickers of little girls even have all kinds of hideouts that they've created in cities throughout the United States now. It is so expanded. MS-13 is more powerful than ever before. We have terrorists trying to come across the border. Now, you know damn well if we found 23 of them last year, then terrorists have gotten past us and gotten into this, into this country. Murder rates going through the roof. But we're going to force these people to wear masks. We're going to show them who's who. We're going to show them who's who. And when it comes to building up the United States military, uh, we don't want to create, you know, garbage in space. No, no. No, 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 no. We can't, we can't be like that. When it comes to carbon dioxide being spewed all over the place by the communist Chinese. Well, I know, but, but we can't be like that. We, we, we have to pull back on that. We have to show by example to these genocidal monsters and maniacs how they can be, you know. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best the best of Mark Levin. I really take fewer days off than the average host. 
Typically, it's for health reasons or business reasons. Now and then vacation, but not often. Ask my family, they'll tell you that. And so it was a great honor to speak to the folks at Hillsdale College. You've heard me talk about them. They're our major sponsor. And it really is intellectually motivating and fun. Inspiring, energizes me. So on the flight back today from Colorado Springs, Colorado, on the United Jet, everything went beautifully, smoothly. Flight attendants couldn't have been nicer. They were thrilled not to be wearing masks. I saw one older guy wearing a mask. He wanted to engage me. You could tell he was a lib. Um, I was very friendly. As long as they're friendly, I'm friendly. But then I, uh, I sat down and I opened up the equivalent of their United Airlines magazine. And there's the CEO of United Airlines, Scott Kirby. And it's a message from Scott Kirby right there in the beginning. And he's standing there. He's looking up at the sky and he's in the forest. I said, okay, that's pretty cool. And here's what he says in part. On my first day as United CEO nearly two years ago, I established an ambitious goal to lead United toward a carbon-free future. That's the first sentence. That's not an easy feat when you consider that burning jet fuel is currently a core requirement of our business. At United, we're dedicated to redefining the future of air travel with sustainability at the forefront, not because it's easy, but because it's simply the right thing to do. Okay. Anybody who's invested in United right now, pull your money out as fast as you can. The job of a chief executive officer of a corporation is not to be woke. The job is to run the airline as best as he can run the airline. And in the case of United and most of the airlines, that needs profitability. They've had a tough time because of the price of fuel and because of the pandemic and so forth. And so the CEO doesn't even address this. This isn't the CEO's job, a carbon-free future. Now let me be abundantly clear because words have meaning. If we had a carbon-free future, we'd be dead. I talked about this the other day. You've heard about it in elementary school. Those of you who went to elementary school some time ago... It's been replaced, you know, with genderism and sexualism and all the rest of it. But photosynthesis requires carbon dioxide. Plants use carbon dioxide the way we use oxygen. And plants make oxygen from, among other things, carbon dioxide. So if we have a future free of carbon dioxide, we're dead. We're the dinosaurs. And there's nothing here about profitability sustainability of the airline industry. There's nothing here about sustainability of the airline industry. That's what you want a CEO focused on, right? As we kick off Earth Month, he writes, second paragraph, we're reminded just how important our sustainability efforts are. As an industry that depends on fossil fuels to operate, 
We recognize our contribution to climate change and our responsibility to solve it. So it should be an industry that defends fossil fuels. This should be a message from Scott Kirby, CEO of United Airlines, that explains how American industry has, in fact, significantly reduced the so-called carbon footprint in the vernacular of the degrowth movement. But he doesn't say that. That's why we're taking tangible steps to lessen our impact on the planet and being transparent while doing so. The most significant step is the pledge we've made to become 100% green by eliminating our greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. That's 38, that's uh, 28 years from now, so he won't be the CEO. He may not even be on the planet for all we know. Without relying on the use of traditional carbon offsets. In other words, we're not focused on splashy marketing claims, which, of course, that's all this is. We're committed to unique solutions that have the potential to make a real difference for the health of our planet, including United is committed to purchasing more than twice as much sustainable jet fuel as the rest of the world's airlines' public commitments combined. I have no idea what that means. United is the largest airline to invest in zero-emission engine developer Zero Avia to retrofit regional aircraft with hydrogen electric engines. United launched the first of its kind Eco Skies Alliance program, offering corporate customers the opportunity to reduce their environmental impact and help make sustainable aviation the norm. That says nothing. United made aviation history by operating the first passenger flight using 100% sustainable aviation fuel in one engine from Chicago to Washington, D.C. Mr. Producer, how many engines are on these big jets? At least two last time I checked, correct? Okay, so that's not working. United has the largest offtake agreement in aviation history for 1.5 billion gallons of SAF from Alder Fuels. I hear the word fuels. Anyway, it goes on. This is only the beginning. We have a lot of work to do. We need more expertise, more support, the combined will of all of us to achieve success. As always, we want to thank you for your business. Scott Kirby, CEO, United Airlines. And what's their bottom line? Are they comparatively a good investment? Probably not. But he's woke. And so I ripped this article out of the magazine rather than take the whole thing. And then I move on and there's another article by Jamie Rothberg. To celebrate Earth Month, we sat down with Lauren Riley, United's Global Environmental Affairs and Sustainability Managing Director, to talk about sustainable aviation fuel, SAF, how United is reducing the airline's carbon footprint and more. I have a way for them to eliminate their carbon footprint, Mr. Producer. Just uh, stop the airline business. And they go on and on with questions, and Jamie's giving answers, and then I moved on to their next article. I go, well, what's this? You know, I'm paging through this magazine. It's filled with articles about plastic surgery. Seriously, women with big boobs. Guys with big lips, I'm going, okay, okay, okay. Anything here about the airline itself making any money? Finding the Fairway, United partners with the PGA Tour to provide travel grants to historically black college university golf programs. I said, geez, what's this? And I'm not even against it. I'm just saying, you know, 
Isn't this an airline industry? Isn't this a business? Isn't this a corporation? Golf coaches at historically black colleges and universities cite lack of access to air travel among the greatest barriers to developing successful golf programs. In response, as part of a new program with the PGA Tour, United will provide 51 golf teams at historically black colleges with $10,000 in travel credits, which is, which is a peanuts, to fund travel for tournaments and recruiting efforts. And with the grants, more than 250 student-athletes, coaches, and their equipment will be able to fly United to compete in high-profile tournaments that were previously out of reach. $10,000 per school. If they're out of reach, they're still out of reach, let me tell you. But that said, all you get is all this social engineering, social wokeness. Perhaps many of you support a lot of it. That's not my point. United typically wants subsidies as they did when we had the virus, as the business went south, as people weren't traveling. We have a real problem with these corporations, whether it's Disney, whether it's United, whether it's Nike, whether it's all of them. United, as far as I know, does business in all kinds of horrific regimes. I assume China. I assume China. No? Does business in all kinds of horrific regimes, but the CEO wants you to know he's a greenie, they're for sustainability. He's running an airline. He should be defending, defending fossil fuels, clean natural gas. As, as the price for a ticket keeps going higher and higher and higher while this guy's spewing sustainability. If he wants to run for office as a crackpot Democrat, that's fine. Go ahead, run. Run your hearts. Uh, ha- have a blast. But to open up this thing, and to read this? And then I read something today that warmed the cockles of my heart, Mr. Producer, and I don't even know what cockles are. From the Daily Mail. Former McDonald's chief executive officer who invented the McNuggets sets up a new group to fight back against woke corporations and buys enough Bank of American shares to formally propose that firm scraps staff critical race theory training I want to salute these millionaires and billionaires who are really taking steps Ed Renzi who served as the CEO of McDonald's in the 1990s when they were actually making money is partnering with conservative groups to fight back against woke corporations he formed the boardroom initiative a partnership between the job creators network the free enterprise group and second vote The goal of the group is to protect shareholders and employees of publicly traded companies from woke policies and ensure corporate accountability. It comes as left-wing groups continue to buy up stocks and businesses until they raise enough clout to lobby the board to adopt leftist policies. Companies are also being forced to the left so they could receive a high ESG score, which would make them more profitable. ESG score. This is a score now that the SEC and and other so-called government rating organizations are giving to corporations. What does it mean? The extent to which they're embracing the American Marxist movement. That's now part of the score. The group has already bought out nearly 2,000 shares of Bank of America, which has come under fire for teaching critical race theory. 
I'm going to salute Ed Renzi. Now that I mention his name, he'll be all over uh, various programs with my colleagues, and that's a good thing. But this is a guy who's taking a stand. Of course, he'll be attacked as a white supremacist racist, no question about it. But who cares? Isn't everybody? I even saw this, this jerk on Fox earlier. I saw a clip about an hour ago. Self-appointed head of BLM in New York. And he talks about the black mayor there because the black mayor's taken on BLM and the progressives, a.k.a. Marxists, as a white man in blackface. And if you read American Marxism, that's the heart and soul of critical race theory. No engagement, no debate, no circumspection, nothing. If you don't agree with them, you're white even if you're black. That's the bottom line. And, of course, being white is being the devil. But this is United Airlines. This is Disney. This is Nike. This is Apple. No problem doing business in a regime like China. You know, these companies mostly, in my view, not all, but most of them, as I mentioned yesterday to the Hillsdale uh, Hillsdale Group, and I've mentioned to you, for the most part, these companies are unpatriotic. And in many respects, un-American. There's not a single article in this edition of the United Airlines magazine promoting American patriotism, the United States military, law enforcement. Not one. None. None. 